Hello, and for the final time this season, welcome to How Did Town Get On? We've come so far. If you've only just started listening, you won't even know that we didn't have an intro at the start of the season. Joining me as per David Hall. Hello, mate. Hi, you, Ryan. You're right, pal. Buzzing, mate. Very excited for this one. Don't know about me you. Too, oh, yeah. Buzzing for this one as well, pal. So, first of all, you're all going to have to listen to me and David ramble on before we get Felly on because our opinions are so important. Because I went to, I found out today, I went to 18 games out of 50. I'm an absolute sham, mate. My opinion does not matter. Well, I did know better because after doing all 51 last season, I missed Nantwich at home and that set a trend. I only did 37. Part time, mate. I know. It's bad that only 37. Who did you end up voting for, player at season? Are you going to spill? Um, yeah. I, well, I got two votes, haven't I? Um, I voted Kalps for Media Player of the Year and Kyle Brownhill for Supporters Player. Which one matters more to you, though? Kalps. <laughs> Fair enough. Just go on record, say it. <laughs> Who did you vote for? I voted for Sam Bailey. I also voted for him for goal of the season at Chester that was more of an more of an emotional decision than anything because if it had scored from two yards I'd have still given it <laughs> I will I feel justified because it was a good team move that culminated in a volley so I think I'm alright yeah I think you are alright I went for Nico at high two days later three days later yeah good goal I'm excited to talk about it November for this one because it nearly killed me I was absolutely sick of football by the end of November and I missed three at games. <laughs> but you caught the most important ones. I think that when we when we booked Whitby, it felt like a big day out and then the FA trophy came around and no one wanted Whitby. Absolutely. I didn't want to be I didn't want to be at Whitby until about five to five and then I was really happy to be in Whitby. Uh, but yeah, on the way back though, it took me, how long did it take me? About 12 hours because I was doing it on the cheap because I was still in Scotland at the time. So I wanted to be in Whitby at 5 to 5 on on Saturday night, but not at 11 o'clock on a Sunday waiting for my Megabus. How was your hostel on Friday night? Considering it said it was fully booked, there was me and another bloke and he left before I woke up. So I don't know what I've done during the night, but yeah, it was all right. Any other highlights for the season? I think after the six free away at Morpeth, when I went to cheer myself up in For Your Eyes Only in Newcastle, seeing um, the, the staff on trying to feign interest to take money out of my wallet, that's a personal highlight. Ashton United away, end of April, what a trip and what a performance if we're going to go football. I'd like to state on the record that I did not go to Morpeth away and I have an alibi. <laughs> Did any of them ask you scored? <laughs> no, it was more a case of, oh, have you lost, have you? Oh, who are you playing? Who do you support? Where's that? <laughs> Is this still family friendly? Now that we've included this. It's, I've, I've not said where for your eyes only it is, so. Enough of us rambling, or we'll get Felly on now. Hello, fellas, you okay? Our one and only Guernsey listeners joined us. <laughs> That's actually uh, surprising that you managed to get home, looking how you were doing on bank holiday. I got home on Saturday afternoon and came back here on Monday morning. I might as well not bother. When did you, when were you meant to be home? Thursday. Meant to come on Thursday. 
Do you have any mates left of at weekend down there on Friday? It, well, no, no. So basically, there's like a load of consultants that work here and none of us could get home. So <laughs> All right, fair enough. Everyone was going mad. But it's it's the fog. It, the fog comes down like every morning and they won't fly the planes in the fog because they can't see the runway. Are they little twin turbos? Yeah, it's propeller planes, yeah. it's um, They do have a jet, but it usually just goes to Gatwick. So we're not lucky enough to get that. To be fair, though, seeing the runway seems like an important part of flying a plane. Yeah, they have their own airline because it wouldn't make enough money as a standalone airline to run itself. So they have their own state airline. And apparently EasyJet wanted to come, but the runway was too short here for to land a proper plane. It sums it up. Can you get a boat? Can you get a boat? Yeah, I can get a boat to, um, to Jersey if I want. Or apparently you can get like an overnight ferry to Pool. I've got to drive home then. It's about nine hours. Oh, God. When I'm in Hampshire, I watch a few teams down there in 9th and 10th team. I've watched Jersey a couple of times, both midweek. What a trek. Well, Guernsey are in step four. So their football club here is in step four. And they obviously have to fly every week or midweek for an away game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Jersey, it's same. Like Isle of Man, innit? Same crack as Isle of Man. Sweet, we get into it. So we'll move on to pre-season this year. Hopefully it was better than the year before because you were saying that it was a nightmare because people weren't really playing where they could have done because people just wanted to stay after COVID. And it was important because we lost big players. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we had a fairly good pre-season, I thought. We, um, well, there were still bits of COVID going round. We got a couple of injuries. There were some injuries on the goalkeeping front, which I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to, but... We, I thought our pre-season was pretty good. Um, I thought our recruitment was okay. We took a couple of unknowns, but you know we thought Dale Whitton was a good signing. Um, Brad, Brad Carroll, Brad Hubble, we th- Nico. We thought we added some good quality, and we tried to implement a, a slightly different way that we were going to play and try and do some things slightly differently, which was sort of in conjunction with the new board. Um, so yeah, I, I thought pre-season was pretty good. Um, you never actually know, I say this every year, but you never actually know where you are until probably the end of the the first week or the second week of, of competitive games. So, yeah, I, I don't think there was much else we could have done in pre-season. But ultimately, it probably started the it started the process. I mean, we picked up two injuries, two or three injuries in pre-season, which were a nightmare. I mean, Kalps got injured pre-season. There was a couple of others, you know, uh, Curtis Anderson got injured. And the sort of signs were starting to show, weren't they? And these were like proper injuries. These weren't like a pulled hamstring or a tight calf. These were hernias or cut open heads or whatever that were going to keep lads out for a while. So, yeah, we our, our pre-seasons are always well planned. We work hard on making sure we've got everything in place, but um, it, it didn't quite set us up in the way that we'd hoped it would have done for the start of the season. Moving on to August now, and looking back at it now retrospectively, it's kind of symbolic of the entire season because we beat Gainsborough, we drew against Marina Radcliffe, but then on the flip side, we were beaten by Staley Bridge and drew against Nantwich, who are relegated in Atherton Collars, who survived by the skin of their teeth. So that's eight points against the bottom four, seven against the playoff teams. Uh, when we had Charlie on, his comments suggested to us that Nantwich was on your list of opportunities. Yeah, we have, um, so yeah, Charlie probably alluded to that. We have a board in the dressing room that I showed to them last home game. And there was, I think there was eight or nine games on there that were just 
if you replayed them 99 times, probably what happened wouldn't have happened. I mean, Belper, for example, at home, where we were we, we were 1-0 up and cruising, and then they've had one cross, and we've had a player switch off at the back post, and the lads tapped it in. Uh, Nantwich, they went down to 10. We should have seen that out. They had one attempt on goal, scored. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of August, we've had this problem, haven't we, for a while about playing the teams that are down there. And I, I saw a, an infographic, couple of weeks ago, which was our progress against the teams and where they finished. And yeah, we've got, I mean, we took, I don't think we took any points off Staleybridge. Uh, we certainly got beat at their place. I mean, you look at Nantwich, we, we took one point from, I think. Um, Belper, we only took four, where most people took six. So Coles, we took two instead of four or six. So yeah, and, and you know what? If it was as simple as a quick fix, we'd all be doing it. But the more it happens, the more, the harder it is to fathom why it is. I mean, I think teams that, that we dominate the ball against and go and they go a bit low block and say, go on, beat us then. I think that's hard for us. I think the teams that come up against us and say, go on, we'll have a go at you, that works for us because we can be a bit of a counter-pressing team. We can be quite quick on the counter, but it wasn't it wasn't the start that we wanted. And, and although we didn't really concede many goals at all, I think we had the best defence in the league after... Six weeks, I think we had six or seven clean sheets early on. We didn't score enough goals. And, and that's a theme that probably continued throughout the season as well. It's a recurring theme because we've pretty much said the same last year, didn't we? Teams that uh, try and break us down are open for it. We were probably a better side this year, but we never had it, did we? No, we didn't. And I mean, I, I, I am, I'm sick of listening to myself say the, the narrative about the injuries. Um, you boys know that I like stats and data and to try and find marginal gains but we will never have a season like this again I, I've I've been a manager for probably 10 11 years and I've never known it and and when we started to unpick the data me and Dave Evans did a piece of work just after South Shields because we kicked off a bit after South, the South Shields away game and we we sort of started to unpick it and we had a couple of conversations and um, you know I carried on that data to, throughout the rest of the season and 300 and 67 times I've not been able to pick an individual player so I've never just it's just madness I mean we have seven contracted players at the club which weren't a secret and I think there was four or five weeks where none of those players were available so yeah I know there'll be the the age-old conversation about should we shouldn't we have players under contract well the season before we lost Reese Turner Paul Dawson Lewis Fenson because they weren't on contracts so you try and mitigate that and then you get hit in the face with this horrendous injury run. So it costs the club a fortune because you've got to pay those players and you've then got to find another 16 players to put in the squad. So yeah, I do think we're a better side. Well, there's no doubt of that. We've played some really decent stuff. Have we been? Have we had the consistency that you need to be in the, the top five? No. And and that's partly down to the to the injuries, but partly down to some of the the lack of consistency and some of the giveaways. I mean, you look at margins in games, you know, that Belper one I've talked about, Nantwich, the calls, the, the, some of the soft goals we've conceded when we have had to chop and change back threes, back fives, back fours, goalkeepers. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's a very different 11th to last season's 11th. I know it's the same outcome, but I put it in my programme notes last game that it does feel like it's an 11th to build on. Whereas last year, as you said, Ryan, was as an 11th that was about to be a transition because we knew your steal is your scores is your 
Ben Hudson's were gonna were gonna leave us at the end of that year. David, I'm gonna step on your toes here, mate. We were meant to ask this later, but Felly alluded to it. Mask was your 150th game in February, and you were saying there about <laughs> how ridiculous the season was. Seems like every year you've spent here, it's got harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the circumstances of this year have made it hard. Obviously, me working away has been a nightmare, um, which sort of something that I didn't envisage happening. And, and, you know, it was an opportunity that I couldn't really turn down and I've got a mortgage to pay like everyone else. So although that is temporary and will be coming to an end, you know, hopefully before the season starts next year, you know, just just the travel for me and the impact of I've missed a lot of Thursday sessions. I've missed three games this year, which is, you know, I missed a game in COVID because I had COVID. But it's a horrible feeling when you sit. And, I mean, Craig does a great job on the commentary, by the way, but I, um, it's a horrible thing to sit in your apartment and listen to something that you can't impact and can't affect at all. And I found that really tough. I found not being there for some Thursdays for training. Obviously, we've got a great team of coaches. And Lanky, Rob, Craig, Wolfie, you know, them guys do a, a fantastic job in putting my plans over to the players because I plan the sessions, I send them over to them, they deliver them. But it's just not the same sometimes. And, and you know, that's something that hasn't helped. And just the, just the circumstances of the season, you add that to the fact that we've had these injury problems, you add, you know, a change of ownership, which obviously is, is us all trying to work out how to work together moving forward, which has taken a while. You put a new team into it. It's been a bit of a perfect storm. And yeah, I, I would be lying if I didn't find it very, very tough. Um, but interestingly, every year at the end of the season, I've been ready for the break. I'm not ready for the break now. I could go again. I could go again now. And uh, I think that's to do with the fact that I know this team are very close to being up there. I mean, you look at the the gaps between in the games between those top five teams has been now in it. Other than Shields and Warrington, the two away games when, you know, we, we I might as well play myself, let's be honest, because we had nothing and the lads were dead on the feet. Um I, I do feel at like this team that there is very little between us and Gainsborough, for example, us and Bamber Bridge over the two games, nothing in them. Um so we've come out the wrong side of some margins, but I know this team are, are fairly close and we've got to keep them together and then recruit a little bit more quality if we can and see how we go. But yeah, I, I, I'm probably ready to, I could go back into pre-season now and, and and get started. I think the lads need a little break, but yeah, it has been tough, but I feel like we've got a bit more about us going forward than we had this time last year. Into September, it was a tough month, really didn't get much. Bury in the FA Cup, especially the replay, it felt really ominous at the time. It might have been a low point of the season, which is good because it was early and it got much better. It felt like things might go awry, especially with an unlucky defeat at Matlock the week after, then a pumping at Morpeth, and then yeah. <laughs> couldn't see off Belper. It just felt flat because we'd only won one league game. What it did lead to um, was a settled keeper situation, weirdly enough. It did. I mean, the the Berry game was. I mean, there's two low points for me. The Berry away game was one of them um, because we needed to bring some players in before that game. The injuries had really bitten us at that time. We needed to bring some players in, and we couldn't um, to try and keep us in the FA Cup. And I mean, we played 
I mean, I think at the end of that game, we had two midfielders playing centre half, two centre halves. We had a left winger at right wing back, I think, and and just, we were just all over the place because we just didn't have the numbers. There was players on the bench who we couldn't use. Um, so yeah, it was tough to take the Berry one. I mean, I thought the home game was very similar. I remember, we played Northwich Victoria um, over two legs in the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago. We drew at our place, and then we went there and won. And, and I thought the first game was very similar to that, where they sort of were on a bit of a crest of a wave, came and had a go at us. But we were just dead on our feet. And to be dead on your feet in September is a horrible feeling because you're not really sure where you go from there. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't at Morpeth for the 6-3, but that I know that was painful for everyone. I don't think we were narrowly beaten at Matlock. I think over the last 10 minutes, we were battered at Matlock. I thought they were miles better than us. Um, so yeah, it's fair to say September was was a fairly trying month and um, you're right with the goalkeeper situation, and and that's been it's been a difficult one for me because I've never really had to deal with a a contracted player that effectively was out of favour, and you need to try and get off your books. You need to try and get them out of the club, and and the two young lads that that had played for us instead of Curtis, I thought were different class. I mean, Jordan Eastham, I, I go as far as to say Jordan Eastham is the best goalkeeper in my time here at the club. Sam closely followed by Sam, by the way, because he's excellent. Um, but Jordan, he could do everything for for not the biggest of goalkeepers. I mean, what I think he kept six clean sheets out of eight or something like that. And yes, the back three were excellent. The, the defensive unit was good, but he was, he was fantastic. And his distribution, uh, you know, Wolfie used to come off the warm up and say, I haven't moved because everywhere I stood, he just hit me every time. So, you know, I've got nothing but praise for him. Uh, and Sam, you know, Sam came in, was really consistent. And they ultimately, they kept Curtis out of the team. And then I'm left with that decision to make to try and ultimately try and get a player out of the club, which isn't a nice place to be. And you have some really tough conversations with people. But you, you've you got to pick your best team and you've got, to, you've got to put players in the team that you can trust to get a job done. And that was the, the circumstances. And yeah, you recruit good ones sometimes, you recruit bad ones sometimes. And um, you've got to try and learn the lessons from that. And, and that was one that, unfortunately, as that played out throughout the season, it became it became tougher and tougher to um, to get the outcome that we wanted. Looks like Blackburn agree with you on the Eastern thing, to be fair. They've given him a contract, haven't they? Two more years. Yeah, two more years. He's, um, he's top class. He's very, very good. I, I mean, I think he's third choice there at Blackburn. So I think they'll probably ship him out to the conference probably, or somewhere like that, because he's good enough for that. Um, but yeah, he's a good kid. So we'll move on to October now, and obviously we didn't do so well in the FA Cup, but we did well in the trophy. Uh, Evangelinos hat trick away at Morpeth. We do well in the trophy. We do, we do. And then we Gainsborough in the first round as well. And the performances were picking up as the players were coming back fit. Is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we... Um... We, there were certain positions that were that became problematic for us, and it was just one thing after the other. So, Couts would get injured, Eric Paku would come in, but wasn't match fit. Then he'd pick up a knock or couldn't get through a game, and then we'd be left with no sort of real holding midfield player. So, Sloney would go in there and do a decent job. We'd have to use Brad Carroll there. The centre half situation was madness. I mean, I think that was after Christmas. I think we had eight centre halves at the club, and only two of them were fit. Which and we were just bringing centre halves in almost every week because 
we needed to do something in those positions. So other than forwards, because I think Nico's been pretty much you know, has played throughout and Dom Lawson other than his, his injury late in the season. We've had, you know, ample forwards to, to cover any any gaps that we had. But yeah, October, we started to see a, a glimmer of, of light. I mean, we've lost Charlie. I mean, don't underestimate how important Charlie is for us. And that knee problem was a really bad injury. So he missed three months. But even then, you can't expect Charlie to come back and just be Charlie straight away because it takes time. I think we just started to see Charlie's full recovery from that knee injury, which was, I think it was September against Staley Bridge. He, he only really recovered for that, probably last three or four games of the season. And he scored, what's he scored? Four in two. Been mind the match in two. He's got player of the month now, has he? Um, if he hasn't, he should have. Um, so, yeah, it, it, October, we felt like we could get a bit of traction and, and we could start to you know go on a bit of a run, and, and we did. Speaking of building traction, um, a game which I'm going to assume was on your list as well in that changing rooms was away at FC United. It was absolutely what we're about and another one where, like I say, we missed that penalty and um, Dale had that one-on-one at the right at the end. Yeah, I thought we were excellent at FC United. I thought it was one of our best performances. And again, we've had a few of them where we've played really well and got nothing. Um, I thought we were excellent at FC. Again, yeah, Nico misses the penalty. And Nico and Sam Bailey have had a bit of an agreement on penalties where if they felt like it was a keeper who knew certain things about certain players, the other one would take it. But Sam generally took the penalties. Um, I think he scored them all as well this season. So Nico took that one, missed, and I thought we'd won it. You know, And I know Dale's had a bit of stick and I know that our supporters weren't as impressed with Dale as we were. Certainly in pre-season, he absolutely blew us away. I, I thought I had the best player in the league in pre-season. He was brilliant. Did it work out for him? No. Did he Did he hit the heights? No. But I also think that even players of Dale Whitham's experience, they're confidence players. And I think that things, moments like that FC United miss, they prey on people's minds. They affect performances. And... Um, yeah, it it was painful. That that is it is on the list, you know, missing that that those two chances at FC United, and um, we certainly felt like we dropped a couple of points there. To be fair, we could all see what Whitten was about. He, he was playing in the ten and popping it off. Sometimes the pitch just didn't want him to play. Other times we didn't have enough of the ball, so he was trying. Well, he was doing the good things, but on the halfway line, it didn't really make a difference, and he. He scored a few goals. He scored in two weeks. He scored the winner at Whitby, yeah. and then put the cross in at Chester. So we could see yeah. his quality, but I think we maybe weren't dominant enough for his style of play to work. Yeah, possibly. But I mean, he come from Curzon, and, and no disrespect to Curzon, but I don't think they're dominating games in the National League North, are they? So I thought his off the ball play was pretty good. He, he's got an energy about him. He's got a tenacity about him. But yeah, you're right. It's I think if you played on a 3G every week, Dale would be very effective. Um, he's a good footballer. He uses his height really well. Just just didn't work. Just didn't work ultimately. And he, he got offered a, a shed load of money at, at Ashton. And, and rightly so, took it. And it was probably best for everybody at that time. But yeah, he, he's. I thought he played well against Chester. I mean, Chester was a heartbreak. An absolute heartbreak for me because, you know, I, I thought we were, I thought we did enough. And I thought we just ran out of, experience and nous in that back 
three for the for the two goals against a very good striker, by the way, because he's excellent, Willoughby. But yeah, I I do think again moments. But if we'd have snuck through against Chester, would that give us a platform? And I know we went on a little run after that game, but would that give us a platform? You know, for a bit longer in a trophy run. Going to move on to November now, which Chester was a part of. I compare that month to in in nineteen twenty. We did Shield Scarborough and FC United away all in November. One, two of them scored an ultimately pointless 95th minute equaliser in other. And as I said before, this November nearly finished me. I'll sum it up quickly. Stafford did what we expected. The lad who smashed Tig in the face scored what was the winner and we hit the post twice. Whitby was possibly at worst performance at season in first half and the ending was phenomenal. And that was Dale. Chester was a pleasure from start to finish, to be honest, even when we got beat. Ashton, late winner, which might not even have been of that line. And Mask and Hyde turned out to be massive wins. And I liked the LFA, but at the time, I'd never been less asked about going out. Yeah, it's a good summary. Stafford, again, Stafford's probably, if we'd got a point at home to Stafford, we'd have been happy enough with that. I thought, again, circumstances, the lad who elbows him, I mean, I've watched that elbow multiple times in slow motion. It's horrible. It's awful. And I don't really want to go on about referees, but it's the single worst season I've seen for the standard of officiating in this division. Um, some of the stuff. I mean, I got a phone call from one, which is an improvement on previous years, but it was, you know, horrendous. I mean, the, the, the Gainsborough one, for example, that obviously at the end of the season, the, the referee rang me. But we can put that on the board because we'd have won that game 3-2. We've had a, a Stonewall pen, uh, that one that wasn't on the, over the line for them, which was given. The linesman's given an offside against Brad Carroll when he goes through, uh, where he isn't offside. So, yeah, I mean, going back to the, the that month, the LFA is something that I want us to do well in because I think we should do well in. I still think we were dead on our feet then. So we tried to rest a couple and you obviously run the risk of doing that. I feel like I know it was a nothing game. I wasn't there, but I know it was a nothing game. But yeah, the mask result was big. The hide result was big. We always play well against Hyde um, and obviously just tainted by the Kalen injury. So obviously it's nice to see him back and we've got, obviously, I think we've probably got a, a tough job on our hands to keep Kalen because I know he's he's quite highly in demand over the summer by a few clubs. To be honest, I'm surprised we see, we've seen Kalen back after seeing that injury back. Yeah, it's about it. It's about it. I mean, to be fair to Paul and their physio, they did a great job with him. And and I think usually when they dislocate their ankle like that, there's a fracture attached to it. But when they popped it back in, they've done it, you know, so perfectly that there was no fracture, no. So it was all just ligament damage. So yeah, he's been very lucky. But yeah, he's he's a good good young player, and and obviously to come back from injuries like that, that takes time as well. Well, you brought up the centre hours before, and I'm just going to do a little quiz for you. For you both, you both got three questions each. I'm gonna go for first game of certain months. You're gonna tell me who the back three was that day. I'm gonna tell you now. There's six questions and none of them at same answer. Well, <laughs> it Staley Bridge in September. Could, have you any idea who was back three then? Yeah, easy. That'd be uh, Melanie Gallagher Allison. Correct. David Belper October. Oh, that's naughty. Um, is it? Allington, T, and Mellon. Oh, 
Gallagher, Allington, Allington, Mellon. Oh. Belly, Marine, December. Oof. Uh, Marine in December. Allington. Oh, uh, Allington, Mellon, Brownhill. Allington, Toure, Mellon. <laughs> oh, forgot about him, yeah. Dave, oh, I think I'm at a soldier with Kipper here, mate. I'm going to ask you for Everton in January. I don't think you were there, were you? No, there was a landslide at Carlisle and I couldn't get down. That's nasty. Um, oh, you were at home doing graphics. You might have seen the team, though. <laughs> I was not doing the graphics. Um, oh, my Lord. Um, Brownhill, Allington and Brad Carroll. No. Allington, oh. League Mellon. Yeah. I'm really sorry, mate. I didn't even think about that. That's how much... I did a lot of prep for this, and I've come at you with that. That's poor by me. This is this is a payback for my quiz. I don't know what you mean. I smashed that. Philly, Morpeth in March. <laughs> Morpeth in March. The home game? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I think Kelps played central centre-half, so I'm... Morpeth in March. I'm going to go Kelps. Uh, March. Kelps. Carol, Kelps, Carol, and Woodthorpe. I got Zuck, Miss Ambo, Mellon. Was Mellon yeah. not injured? Mellon was injured in March. Mellon was injured, yeah. Oh, what a muppet. Hang on. Not sure about that prep right in here. I know. I know, yeah. That's awful from you. While you're at it, Dave, tell me Warrington Rylands at the start of April. <laughs> uh, Reading Miss Ambo because he scored. Yeah. Woodthorpe. Yeah. Zuck was on the bench because he came on. No, he wasn't. Did he start? Yeah, against Warrington Rylands. Yeah. Yeah. I've named them all three then. Get in. I've got one. Yeah, well done, mate. Move on to ladies while I sort out this mess that I've created. <laughs> uh, so, quick roundup for you all. As it stands, the Dalla ladies are second in the league with one game left. And I'm going to be brutally honest, I don't think it's going to be played. But the LFA don't want Lancaster City ladies to win the league with a walkover win. So we'll see what happens. They got to the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup. 5-2 down against Whitehaven on Sunday. Uh, got it back to 5 all and won 4-3 on pens. Penwithin Town ladies reserves in the semi-final. The 14th of May, that is. So they can have a drink at the end of season party. And when their season is over, we will get a few of the Dolly ladies on for a season review. So them Canberra-shy ladies will have to do a bit. Mark, you saw them play this season. They are some side, aren't they? Absolutely brilliant. I've really enjoyed it, mate. I've really enjoyed, you know, watching it. I watched the, um, I know we were messaging about it, but I watched them play... Chipping. Chipping, yeah. I watched the live stream. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. Brought my little girl with me to one of them. But, yeah, I mean, what, what, what a great what a great thing for the club to have, you know, more people involved, to have a really thriving ladies section, to, to sort of go with the 23s and the juniors and all that sort of thing. And just the the way their season's gone. I mean, I was, I was listening to – I was watching Ian Clooney, I think, was giving updates on Facebook – at the weekend when they were 5-1 down. And I kept looking, thinking, surely not, surely not. But they're an absolute credit, you know, the the, the ladies that I've come across 
that have been at home games and bits and pieces. They've, they've conducted themselves fantastically. They've been a credit to the club. And yeah, they've played fantastic stuff, haven't they? And I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm seriously considering Kayla Young playing up front for us, never mind the ladies. I think it's going to be interesting when it's top goal scorer and their season hasn't finished. I think Kayleigh's on 44. That's um, so how she gets like her Harland, award compared to Nick's. She's like Harland, isn't she? I know, I know. And I think because this Kendall game's not going to be played, um, Kyle said he'd give her 100 quid if, he got, if she got to 50. So we need, we need, we need a golf fest in the semi final. We'll move on to December now, Matt. There's only two games. Uh, Marine, a defeat at home. Um, the referee was giving out his cards early. Ended up being a defeat. And then one of the better derbies of recent years against Brig on Boxing Day, where Andrew Teague thought he was Johan Cruyff in the final minute. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were really poor against Marine and really good against Brig. Um, I mean, that's another. That's not actually on our board, that game. But, again, we scored pretty late. I think Nozzle scored late, didn't he? But... We were the uh, when we look back at the game, I think they had two attempts on goal, Brig, and again, even in the the game that we went to their place at, at Easter, that they had two or three attempts and scored, and then you know we we even though they're a side that keeps the ball really well, and they do, they don't really hurt. They didn't really hurt us with it, and we sort of held them at arm's length. We got the press right, and you know I think just to take one point from them two derbies was was really disappointing when you look at what Brig have gone on to do as well. And the, the distance between us and Brig, I think, is very small. And that's to take nothing away from them because they're not well-resourced. They're not. You know, they're, they're in a similar position to us and they've done a great job. And it gives us a bit of hope that we can sort of emulate a bit of that as well. But yeah, um, Christmas was weird because it was so icy at times that we couldn't even train. So we train on 3G in the winter. Lads were literally getting two weeks off at a time because we, there was nothing we could do. There was nowhere we could train. So we're sending sort of runs out on treadmills and stuff like that. So it was a really weird, uh, weird Christmas period. But yeah, and, and we, historically, we don't do well over the Christmas period. So it was a point better on Boxing Day than we'd had previously. Who did you say for Morpeth in March, that three? I thought Calps had played central centre-half. I'm looking at the Twitter picture. And it says, Waller, Bailey, Brownhill, Zuckmas, Sambo, Mellon, Carol Kaups, Evangelinos, Norris, Bailey. Was Mellon not out? Mellon, Mellon broke down in the warm-up. He did. So it was. So we pushed Brownie into centre-half, left-side centre-half, and Christian Sloan played left wing-back. Oh, he did. I'm going to let myself off there, but still. Well done. I'm going to move on to January. Another three draws made four in a row of differing contexts. Brig was a good point, as you said. Averton's always a tough place to go. Staley Bridge was a bit naff. Radcliffe, great point. And then the winner at Matlock at the end of the month was actually massive with the February we had lined up. Yeah, I think we were always wary of that and always conscious of that. Whilst having a, a, a like a quiet confidence about we knew we'd be okay because of what we had in the dressing room and the players that we had and we knew that you know, once we get a couple back, we'd be all right. But yeah, it was, I mean, I thought we we, we were good against Matlock. We, I mean, calls, calls are such a difficult team, a bit of a bogey team for us, really. And how they survive, they have got the lowest budget in the league. And I think credit to Brad Cook. I mean, he's left this week, hasn't he? But he's probably left because he genuinely can't see them progressing any further than they are now. And I think he's probably right, you know, and, and 
But what they do is they're a team that last season we watched them quite a lot and they effectively do a lot of work in the background and they just match teams up. So when they played against us, they play a 3-5-2 or a 3-5-2 with a boxing midfield and one striker. Or when they play someone else, they'll play 4-3-3. When they play someone else, they'll play 4-4-2. So it's literally they, they just match people up and say, go on then, outwork us or beat us with quality. It's a really strange way to go about your business, but it sort of worked for them, hasn't it? So, yeah, we found that, you know, they prey on mistakes. They prey on getting a set play in a good area. They've got, en- they've got enough about them, your Gaz Peets and people like that, who are industrious but also have that little bit of quality. You give Gaz Pete a free kick, he's got a chance. So, so yeah, um, I always find them games really difficult. And, and our pitch and their pitch are probably amongst the two worst in the league. So they become an attritional battle, don't they, between the two sides. And it's, they're never a spectacle. I'll say that, you know, I'd want my money back if I was watching, just watching us and calls twice a year. So on to February, we laboured on the points with South Shields and Warrington earlier, so we'll focus on the positives. Um, FC United, we barred them again, didn't we? We we had a bit of fun with Reynolds' um, comments after the game saying they couldn't compete because we signed um, Pav Zuck, but we all knew what he meant, really, and... In his head, they think they should be pumping us, but we always turn up against them. I don't know who they think they are, though. We've played them 11 times, won four, drawn four, and they've never won at our spot. Two well-worked goals. Yeah, I thought we played really well against FC. I mean, they had, a, they had a little spell. I mean, we have to accept that teams are going to have spells against us. How we manage that 20-minute period of pressure, that 15-minute period, that, that will dictate a lot of the time You know where we are. And unfortunately, this season, we've probably conceded under spells of pressure more than we would have liked. Um, I mean, Re- Renault, amongst other managers in this league, they're, they're great self-promoters and they're great deflectors. And I think you have to be sometimes, especially when there's a an agenda about you being a massive club, which they, they clearly think they are. Uh, and the fan base is, is, is huge, don't get me wrong. But they, they've got to deflect sometimes. And it was interesting because Renault told me, when we went to their place, he told me what their budget was, and it was more than double what we were spending. So then to come and tell us that he couldn't get Pavzuk for, I mean, what do you pay a loan player? 75 quid a week, 100 quid a week? It was laughable. But that's part of the propaganda that he has to put out, and we all, we're all guilty of it at times. But there, there was a satisfaction with that. I thought we played well. And I think at that point as well, we were starting to think, yeah, we're going to be all right here. And I think after Warrington, after Shields and Warrington, and it, it, it's important that I just address the point because I said things to the media team after Shields that clearly didn't go down well with the club. And I, I acknowledge and accept that. I, I find it, everybody knows that I find it very hard to bite my tongue at times when I feel like we've been wronged and I feel like we've, you know, there was things that we could have done that we hadn't done, both as a football club or as a set of officials or ourselves or the players or whatever. So, you know, it was one of them heart-on-your-sleeve moments that once I'd done it, I thought, oh, come on, Mark, you know what I mean? And, and in hindsight, we probably should have pulled the interview and we didn't and I had to sit in front of the board on the Monday and, and sort of explain what I'd said. And, and whilst there was some merit in it, absolutely, and I, I, I had felt that we hadn't been able to allow to bring the players in leading up to that game, which we clearly needed. I mean, to, to go to Shields and put a striker up front, and I felt for Curtis that day, and to put Brad Carsley at centre-half, it was embarrassing. 
and, and I don't ever want us to be in that position. And, I, and the things I said were more due to frustration and probably a bit of damaged pride than, than anything else. But yeah, it was it was probably a defining moment with this new board because I think it was the first time that we'd had a bit of a set two and sort of managed to come out the other side of it. So so yeah, it was... Uh, and then Warrington was no easier, but we knew it wasn't going to be. And I think we went with three or four young players to Warrington. But we did know that after that, we would have a couple of players back and the results started to follow, if you like, and we started to, to clamber ourselves back into a better position. Yeah, the results did follow. Um, in between the routine wins at the end of the month, we did go away to Stafford and uh, lose 2-1 to the aerial threat. I've never known a man to throw a football like that so consistently and accurate. But like you said, as the players came back, obviously we brought in like Rudy Misambo as well. His debut was at Stafford and they ended up scoring against Mask at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, Stafford really annoyed me because we were up on a, a decent upturn. We'd done. I was back that week. We'd done loads of prep on the long throw and how to manage that. And, and my view is you don't need to be a good player to defend a long throw. You need to have heart, desire. You need to be strong. You need to be tough. You need to concentrate. So it's a bit unforgivable for me, things like that. And don't get me wrong, his throw is like a missile and it's flat. And I put him in my, so every year the, the managers have to do a team of the year and we submit them to the league. And I put him in my team of the year and Craig Rutherford especially went absolutely ballistic and was like, he's not a footballer, he's not a good player, he's just got a long throw and he takes free kicks and penalties. But when you look at how effective he is, I think he's got about 15 for the season and he's probably got about 15 assists as well. So whilst, you know, he might not be the, the technically the best player or, but his impact is, is pretty huge. So yeah, I stuck him in my team of the year just, just based on that. Uh, and I had him and Sean Williams from Warrington in centre midfield because I thought he was excellent in both games against us. Um, so yeah, Stafford frustrating because you've got to go there and be pragmatic and, match the physical aspects of the game. I didn't feel we did that on, on that occasion, and that's unlike us. Um, and I think only that and, and Nantwich away, which I was furious with, um, because I felt we put ourselves back into a position to maybe get something and then let ourselves down to um, to a side who I didn't think were up to much. Read me mind, mate. Read me notes. Because that was going to be four wins on balance if we won there. And we were all getting really excited even though I've said that we we could have struggled if we've had a really tough February, the games that we had coming up, we were thinking if we keep winning here, we're gonna be we're gonna be in it on Easter weekend. And then I don't think I still don't think I'm over Nantwich to be honest. No, we were poor at Nantwich. We um, uh, yeah, there was there was some there was probably two two games where I've sort of really had words with players, and Nantwich was one of them. And then Bamber Bridge half time, I'm not quite sure what. Come up, come over me in half time. But I think that's because we tried to get from obviously living in in Dalton. Me and Rudders had tried to get to the game. Everyone was coming out of the late districts. We were late to the game. Sloaney couldn't be used because he was late. And I just I thought we were, the the two mistakes we made for the two goals infuriated me. And I said things against Bamber Bridge at half time that I've never said to players and uh, and shocked myself. I think. But yeah, Nantwich was was one. And then I think we felt we were still in it in the lead up to Warrington Rylands when we went to Rylands. And um, I think once we were beaten at Rylands, the, you know, the, the bubble had burst effectively and, and we knew that 
the best we were going to get was top 10, which, you know, you had all these things up that have gone on this season. It, it's not a bad result, but yeah, us like you, we're starting to think, hang on a minute, if we just keep chipping away, four wins on the bounce, okay, Nantwich not great, but back it up with something else. You know, get points here, get points there and, and see where we're at. But yeah, we um, we fell short in the end. I said at the end of March and then when we spoke to Charlie last month that Hyde might turn out to be the, the climax of the season and it turned out that it effectively was. But I, I do think it's the most positive barometer for next season, that performance. Yeah, I mean, the day was brilliant, wasn't it? It was, um, I mean, they had really good support as well. But, you know, eight, eight, nine hundred people. I think there was probably more. I think everyone thinks there was probably more in there than there was, um, than we officially put out. But, the, the, yeah, the nature of it, the way we, we crafted our goals, the, the some of the play that we had, second half especially, thought we were really good. And um, that is that is a barometer. I mean, you're still, you're still without a significant number of players there. There were still four centre-halves injured. There was still, you know, we were still without Dom Lawson. There was a few others missing. I mean, and just to mention Dom, I, I think he's, he could be a really important player for us. I think when you look at a player that we knew had talent, but he played really, you know, in the West Lanks League, just looking at him up close, he's got better and better and better and better as the season's gone on. He's made a really strong contribution and started to learn is trade a bit more at this level. He will get better. That injury at Stafford absolutely killed him because it was worse than we thought it was and that effectively wrote his season off. But he was really starting to impact things, Dom. And, and I think he'll be a really important player. I spoke to him yesterday about next season. He's really raring to go in the summer. But yeah, it's um, it's one of those that, that Hyde was a highlight. What we wanted to make sure we didn't do was have a repeat of last season. I mean, we went to Mickelover and were a disgrace last season, but we finished fairly strongly uh, and we were able to carry a bit of that momentum from your games like Hyde, you know, into the last couple as well. Lawson was tremendous at Atherton. That's best I've seen him. He's um, he's a bit of an old-fashioned striker, but he doesn't know it. And there's bits that we can improve with him and he knows that and it's useful to have obviously Lanky because Lanky knows all the tricks and we probably want Dom to be a little bit more horrible as a centre forward. I mean, look at Matt Blinkhorn, for example. Matt Blinkhorn never scored regularly, but he brought others in superbly. His back-to-goal play was excellent. He he was horrible blinks. He was a horrible centre-forward to play against because he knew all the dark arts just from his experience. So we've got almost got to teach Dom to be a bit more horrible and to be a bit of a tougher striker to play against because technically he's fantastic. I mean, it, there was one of the games at home where he's plucked one out of the air and taken it down and crossed it for somebody to tap in. And it, he's got so much talent and ability. And even though he's 24, 25, I think he could he could really progress. And our job this summer is to get him back up to where he was and then progress him further. He'll spend a lot of time with Lanky in terms of areas of the pitch that he needs to go to get his goals. Um but yeah, I'm looking forward to working with him. I think he'll be I think he'll be good. Going back to Hyde, what the the attendance did was significantly push up the average to three hundred and eighty eight, biggest figure in forty four years. That figure, three hundred and eighty eight, is still twentieth in the league and it's as good a figure as any to prove that we do very well to be competing at this level. We're behind Warrington Rylands, Livers Edge. There's twenty thousand people in Livers Edge. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so tough, isn't it? I mean, what we've had this year is we've had a really mixed season. We've had some real highs and some real lows. We've we've played some decent stuff. The, the club are getting there in terms of the match day experience. The media is way ahead of, of, of everybody in our league, in my opinion, and that's contributed to it. You know, the, undoubtedly the work that the, the media guys has done has, has, has made those, those gates increase. The community work has helped. It, it is a little bit soul-destroying that, you know, that the city isn't really behind us and doesn't really know that much about us and we've still got a long way to go with that. I think we can. I think we've proved this year that if we if we show that incremental improvement, you know, we can get your 500s, your 600s. I'd love us to have one big game and just see what it did. So, for example, if we were to get to the the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup, or the first round proper, you know, what would that do? I know they've been there before and they'll be able to tell me the, the stat. I'm sure you'll know them right off the top of your head, but they'll tell me that our last FA Cup first round proper home game brought us this. But the climate's different now. You know, we're, the, the, the media side of it's much more prevalent. We can build it much more. I'd love to see what sort of gate we would produce for an FA Cup fourth qual or, or a first round proper I'd like to think it'd be a couple of thousand but I don't know I've always thought that's the only way that we can really push on because you've seen it with Marine and Warrington it was as if they didn't know they were there until it happened like even Shaw Lane got to one a few years ago yeah it's a spectacle as well that would do it for us you know if we got I'm pretty sure that if Lancaster City got to the first round proper, we would probably be the the BBC Two game on the Tuesday, on the Friday night. So you're probably looking at getting around a hundred thousand pounds just for the TV rights and the sponsorship and all the rest of it. So yeah, it would revolutionise our football club. It would give us a platform to really progress and try and make the next step and be sustainable at that level. But yeah, it would give us the chance to engage the city more. I mean, I know that's my job to try and get us there, and my FA Cup records are abysmal, but yeah, that that is that could be a tipping point for us. Or, you know, Nantwich a few years ago, they got to the trophy semi-final, didn't they? And it can be done. You know, uh, Bursko won the, the trophy, didn't they, all them years ago from this level of football. So it can be done. Yes, you need a bit of luck, but it might be that a, a situation or a game or a scenario like that just acts as a bit of a catalyst to, to move the club forward. Yeah, with with the attendance on non-league day, um, there was a lot of student engagement as well. I've, me and Ryan actually went up and did a, a leaflet drop at Lancaster University, and obviously because I do the turnstile as well, there was a lot of students coming down. And let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Three hundred and eighty-eight doesn't sound a big figure. That's a twenty-five percent increase on last season. We've that's a quarter. We've put an extra quarter on our attendance. If we do that again next season, it's 485. So we are, we're, we're getting there. Obviously it, it's better. I am blowing me on trumpet a little bit, but yeah, we'll get there. It's important as well that we, 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 we focus on that positivity because you know, the, the, the pessimists in us will, will say, you know, yeah, it's still second, third bottom, but you're right, David, that the, the increase this year, not just in attendances, but if you were going to come and sponsor our football club, you're now sponsoring something that's got a, a, a really decent 
sort of uh, captive audience. It's got it's got real engagement. It's got, and that's not just the media, which is sensational, but it's the live commentary. It's the you know, it's the com uh, commercial stuff. It's the community stuff. The, the club is undoubtedly heading in the right direction. We've got to match that with... that. That's only going to be sustainable if we're matching that with performances and we bridge this gap between 11th and 5th and onwards, if you like. So I think we're all really clear where we want to go. It's just making sure that we can compete financially and we can put a budget together that allows us to bring the right players to the club to, to mix with what we've got. And yeah, that might take a bit of luck, might take a bit of an FA trophy or an FA Cup run to, to get us there, but it's not inconceivable. And, and that we've got to really focus on on starting this next season with all the positives that we've had from from the sort of 22 23 campaign. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Craig there, because obviously we've all missed games, but he hasn't, and I don't think he gets enough credit. Obviously, we all give him thanks for that as well, but I don't, it, he's actually very undervalued. And I think all commentary teams are. Um, it was all booting off in the NPL Facebook group on Monday because the playoff final wasn't televised. But why should it be? Uh, Warrington Town have done exactly what Craig has. They've, they've been there every game. They should get their, um, their day in the, in the star, in the limelight. But we'll move on to April now, Mark. It looked like it was going to peter off. But then we go and play like we did against Ashton and Geisler, which I would say has been the closest it's been to our best 11. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, we 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 able to put a little bit of settled out there. We were able, obviously, we missed Nico uh, against Ashton because he had COVID. And we, we went with Nozer and we did a bit of training on the Thursday around some specific patterns for Ashton and they really came off for us. I mean, the the... We have this this underlying thing about us being it goes back to the FC United rudimental thing, doesn't it? And you know that we were quite direct and quite big. You look at the the second and third goals against Ashton. The play is unbelievable. I mean, it's from Brownie out to in. Noza steps over it, takes the return, feeds it to Sam. Sam goes into Charlie. Charlie turns and finishes. It's as good as you're gonna see. So yeah, I thought we blew Ashton away. Absolutely blew them away, and we could have scored miles more. Rudy has one off the line. Charlie has a 1v1, you know, Brownie has no red kick. You know, we had so many chances. We were excellent against Ashton. I think that's probably, over the course of the game, the best that we've played from an attacking perspective. Geisley, we just needed a little wake-up at half-time. Um, but little things like the, the noise. The noise when we score, when we scored against Geisley, the winner, That I've not heard that a lot, you know, that sort of volume and... and it was really that sort of thing makes a massive difference to to players. Um, but yeah, we we finished really strongly. We um, I was pleased with that. I was pleased with that because it showed a bit of character. It showed a bit bit more about us in terms of mentality. And we we effectively played match play with Geisley on last game of the season. I mean, Geisley away is one of the the games on the board because I think we had fourteen or fifteen shots on target against Geisley. Their man, their man of the match was the goalkeeper, and he's good, by the way. Um, but how we didn't get three instead of one that night, so that was one of the ones on the list as well. So, yeah, I mean, you had all them up, and even if you just got half of them, we'd have probably been up around the playoffs. We would have been in the playoffs. Um, I think our second half of the season had us fifth or sixth, just the results from the second half of the season when we got some players back. So, yeah, loads to be positive about, loads to be, to be pleased about in a really trying year 
for for everyone. Um, and I just echo your your statement there on on Craig because he's kept me sane sometimes by um, by being able to listen to him and not having to rely on Wolfie sending me a message every two and a half minutes from the bench. Um, so yeah, the, the 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 quality of of what he's delivered has been outstanding and been a real addition to the club this year. And and yeah, you're right; those things make a massive difference. So yeah. All in all, there's been much more positive to outweigh the, the the tough times that we've had this year. Just casting an eye to next season as well, uh, Charlie Bailey and a fit Jake Connolly next season, I think, are going to be superb. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Charlie's got a, a sport to them both now that, that we've obviously got options on some players' contracts. Um, so Charlie and Jake are fairly straightforward ones. I think Brad Carroll's going to be straight, straightforward as well. So we'll probably do some early announcements because we can, um, because we've got that written into their deals. Um, we're starting to have discussions with all the, the lads now. I think I've spoken to pretty much everyone. We'll obviously get the, the formalities of the end of year due out the way. Uh, this weekend, and then you know that we'll really start to 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 start our recruitment drive. I have sports players external to the club because you have to you have to be on the front foot with with some of these deals. We've got some targets that we want. We've got some players we want to look at. Yeah, we've got loads loads going on. But yeah, Jake, Jake especially because Jake's had a really tough year with his hernia, and he's an explosive type of player, Jake. But when he's come back, he's not he's not been fit. And we've had to use him fairly sparingly. So he's got a big summer ahead of him. He's already on a program at the moment to, to improve that fitness. But yeah, he could be, he's a really powerful young man and, and we need to just hone him a little bit and get him doing the things that we need him to do at certain times in the game. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to, I'd say to, to him, a full season of him, a full season of Charlie, you know, a full season of Calps, even a full season. We, we've not had that this year and they're big players for us and we need them. You know, to at least play, you know, forty out of the fifty games, and we've not had anything like that. And we've had to rely on on Nozza, and I know we've gone through an hour without speaking about him, but his contribution, I think, has been as good as his contribution when he scored eighteen goals in the first COVID season, because we've asked him to do stuff that you shouldn't be asking a forty-two-year-old man to do, and he's delivered. I think the only game where he really looked like he was labouring a little bit was Bamba Bridge away and he wasn't meant to play that day Sloney was meant to play but because the traffic wasn't available so we had to use Nozza but he scored some really important goals Nozza and, and his contribution in the dressing room continues to be you know invaluable whether he'll do another year I don't know he doesn't know and we'll have that discussion in the next couple of weeks but yeah the, from a from our current players perspective there's a lot to be excited about with your likes of Jake and and Charlie, you know, Jamie Mellon's missed. I thought Jamie Mellon was excellent first half of the season. And he's had this horrible groin injury that he's just not been able to shake off. So, yeah, let's get a few of them back. Let's sprinkle in a little bit more as well. And um, and let's close this gap between us and the playoffs. Norwich ended up getting five or six, didn't he? We didn't see him till Christmas. Yeah, I think he got six. Um, but it's his cleverness. I mean, you look at his contribution to... The goal against Hyde, so what he does is when the cross comes in from the left, he bumps the centre-half and it drops to, then to Sam Bailey behind him. So he just makes sure that the centre-half can't get anything on, on the ball. It's just clever. It's just clever, wily old character play. And then he does exactly the same against Ashton, I think, for the third goal where he bumps the centre-half when it comes in the box. It then goes over both of them 
and drops to Sam Bailey who scores. So don't get me wrong, some referees might give a foul for that, but he's clever enough just to, you know, just to do enough. So it's not a foul and he creates the chance for us. He's not the best in the air by his own admission, but you don't need to be when you're just backing into plays and doing that clever stuff. And that's what, I mean, he always says to me that he's the, the worst, I think he said the worst player to play in the Premier League or something like that, but he was the hardest working and one of the cleverest. So you make a career out of that, don't you? And that's why he's still effective at his age because he knows his limitations, but he knows how he can affect games and that's invaluable. I'm talking bollocks with that Christmas statement because he was at Whitby in November and he won that pen, which was a shocker. And you know what? That, that and that's that's why you need him because we were terrible for 25 minutes at Whitby, terrible. And all of a sudden, just through him getting us something out of nothing and throwing himself on the floor and getting us a penalty, all of a sudden we came to life. And and from there, you know, we were in the game. But you can't, you, that that sort of experience and that sort of, I love players like that. They're really clever. The first, just, just very anecdotally, the first time I saw Noza play, he was playing for Shaw Lane. And I was at Ramy at the time. And we were playing Shaw Lane, the trophy. And I went to watch Shaw Lane and Buxton and he had a man sent off after 20 minutes. And what happened was he, the ball went for a throw-in and he, he, he gave this centre-half a little dig and the ball came to him. He then made sure that he threw the ball to him. The centre-half went right through the back of him because he'd wound him up. And I watched it all play out and it was behind the back of the referee when the linesman wasn't looking. I thought, you, you're so clever because he then gave himself a, a 60-40 in his favour and waited for the contact, and the centre-half cut him in half, got sent off. I thought, that's absolute genius, that. But that's what, he's, that's what he can do. And you know what? There's not many players like that anymore. There's not many old-fashioned centre-halves anymore. They're all ball-playing academy centre-halves who aren't willing to head it and kick it. And, you know, goalkeepers want to play with their feet in, at the moment rather than keep it out the net, which is what they're paid to do. So I do appreciate an old-fashioned player who gamesmanship is a, a part of their toolkit. It's a dying breed. A bit more on next season. We lose Shields, we get Macclesfield, and I will begrudgingly pay the 17 Is that what it is, £17? Yeah, it's wow. scandalous, isn't it? What, there's some more figures, David. Isn't it like, isn't there some kind of other corporate deal that they can get on top of a season ticket? It's called, it's called a platinum membership. And you get one game, you know, in the in the bucket seats, you know, like actual professional football clubs have. The, like, racing car seats in the bench. You can sit in there for one game, you get some food, and it's 699 quid, but you also have to pay your 299 quid season ticket. Levels. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it's probably going to be a bit of a circus, isn't it? Let's be honest. They're going to have an excellent side full of players that, uh, you know, we know that South Shields spent 10, 12, 15 grand a week. Macclesfield will do the same. We know that it's not quite that simple in this division. I mean, it's taken Shields, what, three or four years to get it done. So, no doubt they'll be very good. No doubt there'll be a circus around Robbie Savage. Uh, the league will be tough. I think the two best teams went up this year, and that's right. How they adapt to it, I don't know. You know, there'll be a few subplots when they come to our place, if, if Lewis Fenton's still playing, for example. Um, I'm not sure what sort of reception Lewis will get. But yeah, it, it's it's going to be a, an interesting side. I mean, the season, I think the the stuff I've seen suggests that Ilkeston and maybe Mickelover and maybe Basford might be back in the league next year. 
We'll have derbies. We'll have a couple of derbies, won't we? So Workington, probably on Boxing Day. Bamber Bridge, probably on New Year's Day. And then, you know, the opposites around Easter. Workington will come in and be fairly strong, I think, because, you know, we've got to be wary of them and their recruitment and their spending power because they probably recruit from the same pool as we do um, in terms of sort of the, up, up that way, sort of north of us. When we go south of us, we're now recruit, recruiting against Bamber Bridge and FC and them sort of clubs. So there's nowhere straightforward for us to recruit from. We're always in competition. We know we haven't got the finance to, to compete, so we've got to find other ways of doing things, which we do. But yeah, I think it'll be a really competitive division. I don't think there'll be a runaway club. I think Macclesfield will probably find it a bit tougher than they expect. I think the time to play them would be early. I think if we can get them early, we'd be pleased. And yeah, it's another team on a 3G, which I, I don't particularly like, but I think it's the way things are going. But yeah, I think there's there's lots to be positive about. I think there's 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 a, it'll be a really good division. It's always a good division. Look at the amount of clubs that could have been in the playoffs this year with two, three, four weeks to go. Look at the, the relegation battle, which was ongoing for ages. It's a tough old division. It's It's... You know, you get good players, good clubs, good fan bases. Uh, and, and I'm pleased that we do compete in it because we've no given right, you know. And it's probably only us, Atherton, Calls and Brig that, that can genuinely say we probably don't belong in this league from a resourcing perspective. And the more we can compete and the more we can grow our fan base and the more we get through the gate, the more we start to act like a, a Northern Premier League club that could be trying to get promoted to the next step. Because let's be honest, if we'd have got there say the, the first COVID season when we are in the playoffs, if we'd have got there, I'd fear for the club because resource-wise, we'd have, we'd have been nowhere near. You know, the ground, I think Stuart used to say, the ground probably needs £100,000 worth of work to, to really get us functioning in the Conference North. You know, so we're chipping away at all these things so that when we do get that opportunity, which I hope we do, we could, we could make the step up in a way that's sustainable rather than a club who would go up there and panic thinking... How, how do we compete up here? So that, that's part of the longer-term plan, uh, medium to sort of longer-term plan. And yeah, you're right, a big game, a, a big FA Cup, that could accelerate that for us, which would be nice. But um, but let's try and progress on what we've done this year. And I think we've got a good chance of doing that with the players that we've got. I was a bit gutted that Long Eaton came up because it's a mission like you say, it might be tip of iceberg if we get Ilkeston and Baysford or Mikelova and works off. Yeah, and I, I don't know where Stafford would fit into that as well because Stafford are probably the most southern. Because we, we, if they cut it as a north v south thing, I think the Nottingham clubs come into score, don't they? The Sheffield clubs like your works off. I think works off will be really strong, really strong. Um, having said that, I thought Liversidge would be and they've gone down. So what do I know? But yeah, it's. Um, it, it, it'll be a decent. It'll be a decent division again next year. It'll be competitive. I think we have to make we have to make a strong start. You know, we have to make a stronger start than we did this year, and that's down to us to make sure that pre-seasons bang on. I think we're pretty much there with pre-season fixtures and schedules. We've got a few final details to put together. Um, there's no trip to the Isle of Man before you ask. So yeah, we're, we're nearly there. Might get Telford. I'd rather that than East Midlands. I hear that Telford are going Southern Central. Oh, for God's sake. I'm just sad we're not going to Arlo, man. <laughs> Sorry. Should we go Guernsey? You know what? We nearly did it last year. We nearly did it last year. So the deal with Guernsey is Guernsey Football Club pay for your flights. So they would pay for the lads and the staff to come over and they'd either give us one night in a hotel 
or something else. So you get like a deal and, and they have a deal with the airline Arini. So we nearly did it last year and we just couldn't get the dates to work because it was either that or play Blackburn's 23s. And we ended up playing Blackburn's 23s because we thought there might be some loans in it for us. So it, 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 I don't think it'll happen this summer, um, which is a shame because if you're just coming for a holiday, it's a lovely place. There's beaches everywhere. It's fantastic. But I have to live here during the week, unfortunately. Billy, what a pleasure, mate. You're absolutely more than welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on an hour and nine minutes, which is uh, which is more than Brad Carroll did. Brad Carroll was gutted. He came in and said that he was expecting a full a full session with you boys, and he got about twenty minutes. So you have to get him back on uh, as soon as you can in the new year. But um, but yeah, a pleasure as always, lads. And don't underestimate, boys, the 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 impact of of just things like this every month for, for people to engage with. It's, it's been absolutely brilliant. I'm sure you'll have plans for, for more into the new season. And, um, and as I say, everything's off the pitch going in the right direction and, and you boys have been a, a big part of that as well. So thank you for all your efforts this year. And, uh, and I hope everyone enjoys the break and, uh, and they're as, as, as ready and raring to go as we are for the new pre-season. Brilliant. Cheers, David. Cheers, Ryan. Nothing else from you, mate. Um, see you Saturday. Oh, definitely, mate. I'm getting a clean sweep, I think. I'm winning everything. We're doing a ladies' one, aren't we, David? That's in the pipeline. End of the season. We just need them to win the double, and then we can get them on. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, lads. All right, lads. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.